Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me for these few minutes while we ponder things that are happening in our world, particularly through an eye of faith. I want to talk to you about something that really is not only bugging me, but very much prominent in our news. Let me tell you quickly that I speak as a Christian and I speak as a conservative. I am absolutely right of center. And uh, therefore, of course, I am grateful for some of the things this administration, this Trump administration is doing. At the same time, however, I am absolutely concerned about the trend in our politics to essentially approach politics as though it's all or nothing. We've got to be all in with one side or the other. We've got to be all in with one candidate or the other. It's total war. There is no gray area. There is no compromise. There is no overlapping. And I'm very concerned about what I see in my friends. I'm very concerned about what I see in our politics because it used to be that we took it all a little less seriously and we certainly did not believe that one party or the other, that one candidate or the other was the Messiah that it would bring all good things and the other side was completely evil. And I got to tell you, as a guy who works in D.C., it's not true that one party is evil and the other is completely righteous. I certainly lean more Republican. I certainly lean more conservative. I have great concerns about the Democratic Party and its ridiculous pro-abortion stand. It's gotten absurd uh, and its other agendas that I don't agree with. But the issue for me is how it's becoming impossible for some people. I don't care if they entertain that the other side has some virtue to it. That doesn't matter to me. What I care about is that they're not just blindly goose-stepping in support of one party or one candidate without the ability to recognize that there's nuance, that there's gray area, that things might not be perfect, that the guy might be 60% a great candidate but not 100% a great candidate, or this woman might be you know, uh, 40% but still there's a, there's a 40% you want to build on if, if, you, if you can work with them in Congress, etc. This kind of thinking has got to come back to us or we won't make any progress. I want to say again, because I'm about to say some tough things. I speak as a Christian. I speak as a conservative. I speak as a guy who's grateful for a lot of what's happening in the Trump administration. But I also have to say that because I speak as a Christian and a conservative, uh, when you approach some of the things happening in our society today, when you approach some of the things happening in politics, you can't just think in black and white. You can't just decide to dismiss all facts and all truth because they don't line up with a 100% allegiance with one candidate or one party or one cause. And so let me give you an example. Uh, I read the Mueller, as much of the Mueller report as I've had time to read over an Easter weekend since it came out. And I have to tell you that while I'm not surprised by much that is there, and I'm not a lawyer, but I don't see anything criminal, I do see things that are deeply, deeply disturbing about this administration. Now, I say that, again, I'm going to say it one more time. I won't bore you with it. I speak as a Christian. I speak as a conservative. I speak as a guy who's happy for a lot of what this administration's doing. But I'm stunned by the level of lying in this administration. I'm stunned uh, by the duplicity. I'm stunned by the preoccupation with appearances over content. 
I'm 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 stunned. Now I'm listen. I'm a guy who works with the military and athletes and and uh, you know spend a lot of time with men and speak to men and work with men. I'm not surprised by strong language, even though I have to say the president's language is foul. I, I'm not surprised by people having egos. I'm not surprised by personal agendas. This is this is normal in the world, and and that's fine. It should be held in check by people who want to be good and noble. But I don't expect everybody walking around to be angels. So this is I'll just lay all that aside. Sure, foul language, ridiculous egotism, ridiculous egomania, absolute preoccupation with appearance over content. Okay, let's just lay that aside. What I'm most stunned about in the Mueller report um, is not necessarily the collusion with Russia. Yeah, there's some stuff there where they were trying to get some dirt on Hillary and they turned to the Russians. There's no question. But there wasn't any collusion as far as I can tell. They just wanted information. They just wanted dirt to use against her. And the Russians were offering it. And the naivety of the Trump administration or Trump candidacy campaign got sucked into some things. By all accounts, it doesn't seem to be criminal, and I don't know anything beyond that personally. But I'm absolutely shocked by the level of deception. I'm absolutely shocked by the level of lying. I mean, everybody from the top down, there's a culture of dishonesty in this particular administration, and people admit it. In fact, I know some people who have been in the administration and have left. I've spent some time with them, and I got to tell you, they'll just say, look, I got caught up in something that I didn't want to get caught up into. It reminds me of Marco Rubio saying after the campaigns were over in the Republican in primaries in 2016. He apologized. He said, I got caught up in all that nastiness and talking about hand size as size of another kind. I got caught up in all that and I, I regret it. Well, uh, Trump has that kind of a, that, that, that kind of an after effect. He has that kind of, uh, that kind of wake. He gets you sucked up in the turbulence of his wake and he draws you into things. And I think his fundamental dishonesty has worked through this administration. It's pretty stunning what's there. Well, can I not say what I've just said and be considered a sane human being? If I'm going to be in favor of a lot of what Donald Trump does, but dislike his dishonesty, dislike his egomania, dislike his manner with people, can I not... Can I not hold those two thoughts in my head at the same time? I'm glad for a good deal of what he's done. He's got some policies that are absurd. He's got many policies that are wise. And by the way, he's done more of what he actually has stated he will do than almost any president in my lifetime. Those are great positives. At the same time, he's a deceptive man. He's an immoral man. He's a foul-mouthed man. He's a man that gives himself to deception and he sucks people into those deceptions. Both those things are true as I know them. Does that, is, is that not a possible conclusion in American politics? But, I, but I'm watching people line up blindly beside, behind one side or the other without realizing that truth normally is apart from both parties and any candidate. So what the most you have with a candidate is a percentage, perhaps. I use percentages. It's the easiest thing for me. You use whatever works for you. You know, Bernie Sanders got some good things to say. For the most part, I don't agree with his approaches. I think there are better approaches. I, I, in, in terms of how much I agree with him, maybe 30%. Okay. Um, Donald Trump, maybe more like 60, 70%, with an asterisk beside it that says he lies like he gets out of bed. I could go on like that. But you see my point. It's not that one side's evil, the other side is filled with angels. It is that the truth stands apart from both parties, all candidates, and we have to figure out how much any person is close to that. The problem with not believing that a person is mixed, that causes are mixed, the political parties are mixed, is that we can be deceived. 
And I'll tell you what, I heard something this past week and I, I verified that it was actually said, but uh, Michelle Bachman uh, is a woman who made a proclamation this past week uh, on a radio program. And I went and listened to it to make sure she'd actually said it. And I'm sorry to say she did. I've always liked her. She's sometimes been a little naive and made some airheaded statements on the campaign trail and so on. But um, she and I went to some of the same schools and I, I, um, I admire her for what she's accomplished and so on. I don't agree with a lot of her theology. I don't agree with some of the things she says. But she said something this past week that shows that this reality distortion field that comes from having to believe that a candidate is 100% positive, uh, the other candidate or the other person, the other party is 100% negative, it can feed into your theology. It can feed into what you believe. And she said this. She said, it's likely we will never see a more godly, biblical president again in our lifetime. She was talking about Donald Trump. In the interview, she makes it very clear she believes he's strongly Christian, strongly godly, and strongly biblical. All those words are used of Donald Trump. Now, I'm perfectly willing to believe that Donald Trump is maybe a spiritual work in progress, but he ain't gotten very far down the road. I'm willing to believe that he's enamored of preachers, that he wants to do God's will like everybody. Everybody wants to be accepted by God, um, but that he hasn't a clue of what the Christian gospel is that he, he says he believes, um, and that he's, that he's a very, very flawed man. I wouldn't call him godly. Uh, I wouldn't call him biblical in the sense that he's a personally a man informed by scripture, although obviously I believe that some of his some of the policies he espouses are closer to uh, my understanding of the Christian faith uh, than those of other people, especially the other party. I, I think delighted he's pro-life, delighted that he's in favor of uh, certain kinds of social justice, um, but he's flawed when it comes to others. I've done podcasts here repeatedly about his immigration policy and about uh, his, his rather ham-handed approach to the Middle East, things of that nature. But I want you to consider again that my my co my university fellow alum, Michelle Bachman, says that she we will not see a more godly biblical president in our lifetime. She thinks that Donald Trump is godly and biblical. Now the point here is, can't there be a matter of degrees? Can't she say, you know, he's doing some very good things, some things that align with scripture. I don't know quite where he is in his personal life. He certainly has some elements that aren't that godly, but I pray for him daily. I think we all should, and we should continue to hope that he that he gets better. In the meantime, we need to hope that some other people arise in both parties uh, who are godly and biblical and Christian and, and righteous and moral or whatever terms she wants to use. And and I hope that they emerge soon. Why isn't that possible? Why does it have to be stated in absolutes? I can approach this two ways. Politically, the other side just laughs. They just laugh. You've got a president who's had affairs with porn stars, apparently. Uh, you've had a, a president. You know, I don't necessarily think that three marriages is inherently an immoral thing for somebody. It could, could be that he, th- three women had, a, had affairs on him. I mean, that, we, that didn't happen in this case, but I'm saying theoretically it's possible. So you can't just judge somebody by their divorces uh, without knowing all the facts. Um, but this man's language, this man's level of truth, this man's personal morality, I mean, this is not a deeply righteous man. Why can't you just say that? Why can't you just hold that forth? Why does it have to bleed over? So politically, people are laughing. Godly, Donald Trump, godly. And then the second thing is that if you care at all about the cause of faith in our generation, this kind of statement from Michelle Bachman just just sends people running 
from godly, from biblical, from Christian, from righteous. They just laugh at it. And they believe that that people like Michelle Bachman aren't sincere about their faith and that maybe their faith is not true. Maybe their faith is not true. Could this be contributing to the decline of church attendance in America? Could this be uh, contributing to the fact that uh, millennials are moving away from the Christian faith to some degree? I think it could. So what I'm challenging you to do, whatever your party, whatever your politics, is that you not think in absolutes, that you not think in terms of an all or nothing kind of approach. No one's perfect. No one's an angel. No platform is I is is just perfect. And no party is ideal. I think when I look at my faith and I look at my values, I line up right of center. That has me working with with a, a leaning more towards Republicans, even though I'm technically an independent. Yeah, I'm very concerned about stuff on the left. But every so often, some stuff pops up on the left that I want to help encourage, that I want to draw in, that I want to help with. Is it not possible to do that? Can we not speak in those terms? I think we're damaging ourselves. I think we're limiting our effectiveness. And I think that going hard right wing, like a lot of people are doing, is causing the counter move of hard left wing. And the wing nuts are ruling the day. And those of us, I consider myself one of them, who are more in the center, more moderate, more willing to contemplate evidence, uh, more willing, willing to work on both sides of the aisle, are then they, they they are uh, not as heard as much. My gripe here is not that I'm not heard. I'm I'm heard more than most people on the planet. But my gripe here is that it's going to ruin our politics. It's going to ruin our country. It's going to taint the next generation, and it's going to keep the best from rising to the top. So let's get some sanity here. Let's be willing for some. If if you don't want to call it moderation, at least consider that we shouldn't be in an all-or-nothing kinds of stance from for any one candidate or any one party. It's damaging us. And by the way, at a personal level, it's probably hardening your heart, and it's probably let, making you less engaging and thus less of impact when it does come to politics. If you can't sit at a table with people who believe differently from you and be compelling and be engaging and be understanding and draw them closer to your views, well, then you're not a change agent in our society. You're not somebody who's going to be able to lead. And it could be that you're hard, absolute, hard right, hard left, 100% one candidate, 100% one party is hardening you up and keeping you from being the leader that you could be in these matters and thus bringing needed change to our country. So let's be careful about the all or nothing kind of politics that we practice. And let's begin to consider that truth is apart from all candidates and parties. We should stand with the truth and evaluate everything else in terms of it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.